1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Thanks for listening to AFR. And um, joining me to co-host today, to the program today is Ed Vitagliano. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Tim. Fred Jackson.
0: Yes. May I say something?
1: Please, please, Fred, share.
0: I was glad when they said unto me, let us build a tunnel between the two AFA
2: buildings. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Cause I just had my second shower of the day. Yeah, <laughs> walking to the studio. Yeah,
2: did you did you uh, uh, did you use an umbrella? I, or did you just try to make it? No, I mean there, it's pouring There's my out umbrella.
0: There. There's the evidence right
2: there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pouring. Yeah, well for it's the, sideways. Yes. Yeah. For
1: those who don't know, let me explain <laughs> what Fred's talking about here exactly. We have uh, two buildings that we operate the staff out of here, and they're across the street. I, I, I like a you know city street from one another and so ed and i don't have to go out in the weather right we just walk down the hall to the studio from our offices our canadian brother over here whatever what the weather may be he has to walk about 200 feet at least yeah and it's okay most of the time but when it's a torrential downpour uh which happens here in I'm looking at Steve Jordan. Steve
2: <laughs> Jordan just brought some news over and his shirt is soaking wet.
1: Yeah. With hey, an umbrella. With yeah. an umbrella. So, Fred, you even used the umbrella and still got this. Uh, yeah, we've uh,
0: had anybody who's living in Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, yeah. you know what we're talking about yeah. here. Uh, yeah,
1: torrential downpours sometimes. We're, we're, we're for days. In, in Texas. If
0: you look at the radar,
2: it's like a train of, yeah. of rain that keeps coming. It ain't right, man. I told no. my wife, I said, if it wasn't for the grandkids, I'd we'd pack up and leave. We'd go some. We'd move somewhere. So you'd
1: get in your boat and go somewhere else. I'm hating. I'm hating it. Yeah. Well, uh, I know I'm sympathetic now with a lot of our friends in Louisiana and Texas and mm-hmm. Arkansas. Has had some serious flooding. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the last couple of years, and uh, I don't know what's going to happen to us here because it just keeps on coming. Heavy rain, huh? Heavy. And, and in fact, uh, if If we go off the air for a few seconds or a minute or two, it may be due to what's called rain fade. Right. Mm -hmm. Which the clouds block our satellite
0: uh, delivery. Uh, So, and tornado warnings.
1: Two of them yesterday (laughs) in this area. Fred's, Fred's not going to get an invitation to work for the Tupelo <laughs> uh, Chamber, of Chamber of Commerce, is he? <laughs>
2: uh, well, Four feet of snow. Yeah. Fred's going, eh, no problem. A <laughs> couple of days of rain.
1: You too can experience two tornado warnings in a day. <laughs> Who wouldn't want that, right? All right, uh, so thanks for listening to American Family Radio. Ed, tell folks how they can listen on that their internet.
2: Yes, if you would like to watch this program, you'd like to watch radio being done, and boy, do we do it correctly, okay? Yes. You can go to either YouTube or Facebook, uh-huh. search for Today's Issues. That's and the, the name of, of this program. And then click through, and you can watch us on the air. For those of you watching I am waving to you right at this moment. If you uh, would need to listen uh, on your computer, you can do that by going to AFR.net. We stream our programming, the audio live on AFR.net. And then if you are planning on going somewhere, if you're listening on your terrestrial radio station this morning, but are going to be traveling and would like to keep up with what's happening on American family radio. You can download the AFR app and then you can listen wherever you have good internet.
1: Yep. And we post the stories that we discuss on our today's issues, Facebook page. That's correct. All right, Fred, what's leading the news this morning. We have great news to lead the news. This I don't morning. believe you. Great news.
0: Tanner cross elementary school PE teacher in Loudon County. Virginia mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, he went before the school board meeting to basically say to the school board, listen, if we have a student come comes in and says it's a male student. And they say, I feel like a girl today. I'm going to address that student as a, he, because that's what he is vice versa with, with a girl. Well, the school board didn't like that. Uh, Tanner Cross is a Christian, and he let that be known. And uh, let me give you a little bit of what he said to the school board there a few weeks ago, and then I'll tell you what happened to him. It's cut number three.
3: It's not my intention to hurt anyone, but there are certain truths that we must face when ready. We condemn school policies like 8040 and 8035 because it will damage children, defile, defile the holy image of God. I love all of my students, but I will never lie to them regardless of the consequences. I'm a teacher, but I serve God first, and I will not affirm that a biological boy can be a girl and vice versa because it's against my religion, it's lying to a child, it's abuse to a child, and it's sinning against our God.
0: So there you have it. Well, within days, the school board said, uh, we don't want you run anymore, and we're suspending you indefinitely and probably going to fire you. Well, uh, Tanner Cross uh, got some legal help from the Alliance Defending Freedom. They went to court, and yesterday... A judge agreed with Tanner Cross mm-hmm. and his lawyer, who said Tanner Cross has a constitutional right to express his religious beliefs, and he cannot be dismissed for that. His lawyer is Tyson Langhofer. As I say, he's with ADF. Cut
4: number four. No teacher should be punished for simply advocating. No teacher should be punished, punished for simply advocating for the good of their students. So every teacher should be cheering this decision because school boards have no right to punish teachers simply for speaking at a public forum um, on on a policy that's being considered to the, by the board. The school board punished Tanner simply for speaking at a public meeting in his private capacity, and even he went to work the next day and there were no problems, yet they still suspended him. That's unconstitutional, and that shouldn't happen.
0: So a victory for religious freedom for a school teacher, and we know that many schools, school districts across the country have become very hostile
1: to
2: Christian values.
1: Yeah, this is great news, AJ. Hey, was that a... Uh... A uh, city judge, county judge, do you know? Does it, it was say? a
2: Virginia uh, district, district judge. Okay, yeah. a, state so ju- a, state a state judge. State, a state judge. State judge. Hmm. Now, Fred, if I'm not mistaken, this uh, is a decision that does not deal with constitutional liberties for teachers once the policy has been put into place. So there's still a lot of work to be done Yes. Uh, on this issue. This was simply the school board Having a um, an open mic, so to speak, to hear from people about the proposed policy mm-hmm. yeah. of the, of promoting transgenderism. So, even, so
1: they were trying to punish him for just speaking at an open forum.
2: Yes. Yes.
1: Uh, as they're trying to decide what to do about the policy, right? As it relates to um,
2: this is a, trans, this is a, transgendered. This is uh, going to be a fight that is going to engulf many Christians and many many people who aren't Christians, who are, in, who are teachers, but who clearly see that this is not a scientific position, I'm talking about transgenderism, mm-hmm. and who are not going to like being forced to lie to students, as Tanner Cross pointed out.
0: But listen to what the, the school board lawyer said during this case. The school system argued Cross, Tanner Cross, was not suspended for expressing his beliefs, but because his remarks caused a disruption at the school. Five parents contacted the principal after the school board meeting, requesting their children have no interaction with cross. Now, I would say to that, can you imagine for a moment if a school brought in a cross-dresser to a classroom, which I think has happened. It has happened. And parents called up and were upset. Would the school board decide with the parents in that case?
2: Not these leftists. I know it's... it's A rhetorical question we all yeah. know the answer mm-hmm. these leftist school boards would not do the same thing in that case yes
1: well there is a there is a fight going on a pushback uh, as we've seen around the country we played a clip yesterday from the uh, parent in the state of new york at a school board meeting there's a lot of pushback going on now against this critical race theory being right uh, being now introduced in school systems across the country, that basically teaches that white people are evil. Uh, there is pushback on the transgendered movement, uh, where you, ha- where we're supposed to pretend boys are girls or girls are boys if they call themselves so, and supposed to even change our sports for that. Right. Uh, so we're we're, uh, but there's. There's put major pushback on it. Who, who wins in the end? I don't know. Maybe it'll be a split difference. Red states, blue states. Red states go with sanity. Blue states go with insanity. Yeah. Uh, that t- seems to be the trend uh, right. to me. On a you, on a host of issues. Yeah. Well, what's really what's really interesting,
0: <clears throat> pardon me, and I think healthy, parents are starting to speak up. I was watching a video just a few months before coming to the studio, and this was in Loudoun County again, the same county again. In Virginia. Uh, In Virginia. A mom getting up and saying, Enough is enough. But it goes beyond. It's uh, Carmel, New York. Now, this is, you can go and watch this mom on YouTube. Uh, Her name is Tatian Ibrahim. And yes, she's a Muslim. She's a Muslim mom. She goes before the school board. (laughs) You want to have a listen to this? I said she's a Muslim. I want you to listen. She has the same arguments, though, as Christian parents have right now against these radical
5: school boards, it's cut number two. You're te- teaching my children and other children that if they believe in God Almighty, they're part of a cult. We have Mr. Barry who took it upon himself with Miss Cyrus to create a curriculum. That should be it. Do you want the proof? I have the proof. You created a curriculum of Black Panther indoctrination. Ma'am. You use taxpayers' dollars. Can I ask you one more time? I, I, I have no issue hearing what you have to say, but. Why, are, why can we not let the public speak? Why can't we s- let the public know that you're teaching our children to go out and murder our police officers? That Do you true. want the proof? I have the proof. Is that what scares you, the proof? That a parent actually standing up against all of you? Is that what scares you to call out the names of these people? You work for me. I don't work for you. You have a duty. We are entrusting our children to you. We teach our children morals, values, when they grow up to commit crimes and end up in prison and kill a police officer. It's our fault? No, it's your fault. You're emotionally abusing our children and mentally abusing them. You're demoralizing them by teaching them communist values. This is still America, ma'am. So, no. so, normally, oh. I'm just gonna. If you don't mind, I'm gonna just give you a, just a feedback for a moment. I have no problem having a peaceful discussion. This is not a peaceful discussion.
1: Well, look, well, did, was she throwing things at her while she was talking to her? Or no, something? No. nope. So just just the fact that she was in, had some passion in her talk, and by the way, she didn't curse at him. Nope, right? She did. She was talking. This is a for for those who don't know, the setting is a school board meeting. And what's the town in Carmel, New York, Carmel, New York. I think it's, I don't know where that is in the state of New York. Anyway, this parent comes upon this curriculum. That's evidently pushing the black Panther movement that two of the school she cited. She's called them out. There's two of the school board members, uh, had come up with mm-hmm. and she discovered it. And that she's trying to expose it and who's behind it and objecting to it. And so that's what she's, that's why she's feels so uh angry right. and upset. And whoever I guess it's the school board chairman saying, I don't mind having a discussion about this as long as it's peaceful. There's nothing unpeaceful about what we just heard. You you heard what she she wasn't violent or in any way. I mean, this but what they wanna do, a lot of these leftists and not all the school board members are usually elected, right?
2: Aren't they? It, well, it depends on the it depends on the state, I think, or the city and the city and, and, the city
1: and well, district. Probably, I think I think in the vast majority of cases in the United States, school board members are elected, so they can be unelected. Uh, maybe in some cases they're appointed, but uh, but she is, you know, exercising her First Amendment right, and as a parent of a student in the school system there, and uh, they basically they're basically saying if you disagree with us or call us out. That, by definition, is not peaceful, and it's not going to be accepted. Yeah. So, what what
2: is what's the opposite of not peaceful? Violent. Yes. That to me, that's the implication. You're threatening. You're threatening us. No, she didn't threaten. Right. She was passionate. And right. and I, listen, if you've ever lived up north, Northerners can be blunt. I know
1: that's a shock. Especially in the Northeast. Especially in the Northeast. They're blunt. They're civil in Wisconsin. Yes, yes you, that's true. You start do getting need to Midwest. You start getting need to, west of, yes. of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. <laughs> you're going to run into some millions of rude people. Well, east, east of yeah, or, or, of, or they would call themselves blunt and frank. Yes, and and,
2: and the reason I think we don't go into yeah, the no, go ahead. sociology. There is a cultural thing. Well, there. it's your life is fast-paced in the Northeast. Right. Everything's moving at a fast pace. I don't have time to sit here, so I'm going to tell you, get out of my way, okay, so that that so I don't have time. I don't have time to chit chat move so I think I think that's part of of what it is, yeah, it may have something to do with you know the the high percentage of Italians and but, and uh, Jewish people up there that, who are normally a very blunt people. they yeah. wear their feelings on their sleeves. so
1: I would also uh, say probably. That that school board chairman, the woman at the end saying we need you to be peaceful. Right. I think she also doubles as a uh, a DJ on NPR. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Next up in All Things Considered is our communist moment of the day. Yes. Uh, And if you disagree with us, you're being violent and threatening. (laughs) You're being violent and need to be put in prison. Yeah. All right. You're listening to Today's Issues. Next story, Fred. Do you remember the name Russell Vought? Uh, that, yes, I do.
0: All right, for those who, who may Star have
1: Wars,
2: <laughs> the third right. movie. That's what I was thinking.
0: Off by a galaxy. Uh, <laughs> Russell Vought, graduate of Wheaton College, wonderful Christian young man.
1: Yeah,
0: you may remember him because early on in the Trump administration, he was appointed to the Treasury Department or something of that nature. Something to do with money. And it was
2: okay. a, an assistant position, wasn't yes. a secretary. So he secretary. goes
0: before the Senate committee for uh, the hearing that these appointees have. You may remember Bernie Sanders had an argument with Russell Vought because Russell Vought had written papers saying that Jesus is the only way of salvation. Right. And Bernie when he Sanders, was in college? Yes, when he was in Wheaton College. He wrote a paper. Bernie Sanders says, at the end of his diatribe, Bernie Sanders says, this man is not fit for a federal government job. Well, Russell Vought still got the job. But now uh, we have a new administration. Russell Vought doesn't have that administration job anymore, but he has started a new group called the Center for Renewing America. And one of the things that he is, has done, he has developed a guide for parents and for people interested in fighting critical race theory his concern obvious is that critical race theory uh we've talked about this so many times is part of the indoctrination now of our kids in our schools and in other areas workplaces you name it so he has started this and uh he explains a little bit about what his guide is all about and the purpose of it cut number seven
3: you know, this is a, a state-sanctioned racism that is based on a legal theory that has been around for a number of decades that says that we're going to reject—the legal theory says we're going to reject a colorblind society and move towards governing and, and judging people based on the color of their skin instead of the content of their character. President Trump led on this. He asked us to lead when we were at Office of Management and Budget, so we had experience going through the fire, being called a racist, having to articulate what the legal theory is. How to spot it in the federal government and we wanted to use that expertise to arm and to provide our resources to the American people who are out there seeing this in their communities. The movement out there is very organic. People are seeing it, I think, from Zoom calls, from watching their teachers uh, as a result of the pandemic and others. And they're 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 needing resources to be able to say, okay, how do you spot it? Because critical race theory doesn't just put a neon light around itself. It has certain buzzwords.
0: So there you have it, and that guide is available at the website for the Center for Renewing America. And parents, number one, they need to be aware that it's out there, but they also, as Russell Vout says, need to, be, need to know how to fight this.
2: He made a re- really good point that a lot of parents, I think, were shocked to get a, an inside look at what is being taught in schools mm. because of the pandemic. Yes. Because their kids were on the Internet, they could watch what was transpiring, what was being taught. And they got a front row seat to that. And I think a lot of parents were shocked. And I, I'll tell you, there, there is something about the American spirit that, you know, once people catch on, yes. they want to do something yes, because they have the freedom to do something. And a lot of parents don't like either the transgender thing but especially this critical race theory, and they don't like Marxism being taught.
0: Well, I think the attitude is you're messing with my kid's mind. Yes. You're teaching them false things. You're teaching them to hate based on race. And hate our country. And hate our country yeah. as well. And so I'm, I'm encouraged by the level of fight back. And across this, you know, mm-hmm. it's not just conservative Christians. Right, right, as right. we heard from this Muslim lady, she's upset about yeah. it too. Yeah. So I, I'm encouraged by the fight
1: back. You're listening to Today's Issues on American Family Radio. Next story, Fred.
0: Well, you can rest easy. Our Vice President Kamala Harris is safely back
2: in, in Washington. After a,
0: a trying.
2: Very successful trip. <laughs>
0: very successful trip of flying over the border to Guatemala and then going up to Mexico and then flying over the border last night even though she's the czar of trying to fix the border problem.
1: Right. According to, according to President Biden, who, what, three months ago? Uh-huh. When, when it was starting to affect his administration, it was starting to be all these uh, tens and hundreds of thousands of people started flooding into our country, overwhelming our border security. Uh, even Even between the time Biden was elected and sworn in, you know, because Biden said, y'all come with freebies, free stuff for everybody, including healthcare. And then he wondered, why are they coming? <laughs> so he put Harris, Vice President Harris in charge of this situation. Did it publicly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she basically said, he may have put me in charge, but I ain't, I'm not doing anything about this. I'm not getting my hands dirty on this problem. Yeah. So she has had to fly down to Guatemala mm-hmm. and Mexico, mm-hmm. even though she won't go to the border. She, wouldn't go to, she won't go to our U.S. border to talk to the people who are dealing with the problem that she's supposed to be in charge of. Yes. And as you're citing, she flew over it twice.
0: Yep. Not going down there.
1: In fact, Lester Holt called her on it. Yes. To his credit, the NBC News guy
0: mm-hmm.
1: called her on it. I, I'm going to tell you something, fellas, and I'm not – got to be careful about how I say this. She's not the sharpest knife in the drawer. Huh? Mm-hmm. What other metaphor? Yeah, come on, help me out. Uh, uh, that's been used against me before. Uh,
2: well, I would okay. not,
1: not be in the sharpest knife in the drawer, so I I know how to use that.
2: Uh huh. The elevator doesn't uh, go all the way to
1: the top. You're uh, you're saying a she's a few not, fries she's, short of a happy meal. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's true. That, I Like that. that? Huh? That's been yep. used before. What I'm saying is, uh, and I I, only, I she may be a genius academically. I don't know Kamala Harris's intellectual uh, accomplishments or her academic career, so I'm not I'm not dismissing that. I'm saying when it comes to common sense and when it comes to articulating uh, uh, and answering basic questions, there's a reason why she only got three percent of the Democrat vote or whatever it was in the primary. She was dead I, last. She I, had to quit. I think
2: it was closer to zero. I'll check though. Okay.
1: No, none of the Democrats wanted her to be their candidate because she's terrible. And then that cackling huh, laugh she's got that she uses to dismiss any serious question uh, makes it worse. So she is, she's going to be a drag on Biden, if anything, <laughs> uh, on the Biden presidency, I think. But they just need to keep her... I don't know. They need to give her some job that... Have her go to funerals. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Karma, you need to find you a foreign dignitary that died, and you go to every funeral you can go to. And and then if she has to fly over the border, maybe they take her around Cuba or something so she doesn't have to fly over the U.S. border. Now, Fred, I interfered with your...
0: No, I was just going to say, I I think in Biden and Harris, you do not have the A-team.
1: No, no, Harris. Which is scary for the country. Harris, uh, well, okay then. We'll be back momentarily. Stay with us.
3: Next time on Today's Issues, our guest will be Dr. Alex
4: McFarland. We have lived in an America that has had great ministry resources, and yet the number of people that profess to be non-believers is rising dramatically. We'll also have news headlines and analysis from American Family News. Don't miss the next
2: Today's Issues, weekday mornings at 11 Eastern, 10 Central on American Family Radio.
6: What would it be like if every person knew that they were created in the image of God?
0: After two years in the making, American Family Studios proudly presents In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality.
5: There are only two sexes, male or female,
6: my hormone blockers.
0: In His Image from American Family Studios is available now for free viewing. Visit inhisimage.movie. You're made in the image of
4: God. Hello Americans, I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. No matter your career goals, you want to find a university that provides excellent academics and state-of-the-art facilities at a price you can afford. At Liberty University, they believe a quality Christian education should be available to everyone. That's why they've frozen their tuition rates through the 2021-2022 academic year and offer multiple scholarships, like the Middle America Scholarship, to bring that price point even lower. Learn more by texting STARNS to the number 49596. Apple pie is racist. That's the word from author and filmmaker Raj Patel, writing for The Guardian newspaper about battles over what he calls food justice in the United States. Much like the Europeans colonized America, he said that apples were imported as well. He compared apple pie to the vast and ongoing genocide of indigenous people. He said that apple trees became markers for civilization, demonstrating the land had been improved. He also referenced Johnny Appleseed, who represented the westward expansion of the nation. Golden Delicious and Granny Smith, he says, stand as symbols that indigenous communities had been removed from their ancestral lands. The bloody and evil origins of the apple pie, covered up by the nationalist slogan, As American as Apple Pie. Well, wait until Mr. Patel finds out most Americans enjoy a scoop of vanilla ice cream on their slice of racist pie. I'm Todd Stearns.
6: I want them to just come to the place like I did where I realized that choice is such a gift.
4: Joy Lucius, author of the blog, The Power of Choice Given by God.
6: Even though it's been given to us, we need to give it back to God and let Him help us make the right choices. With His Spirit guiding, I think we always make the right choice.
4: Find Joy's blog and many more at afa.net slash the stand. The Stand, addressing culture, promoting faith, and defending the family.
1: I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. Psalm 41. American Family Radio.
2: This is Today's Issues. Email your
0: comments to comments at afr.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are
2: available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of Today's Issues.
1: Welcome back to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network, otherwise known as the Kamala Harris Fan Club, (laughs) here on American Family radio, Kamala Harris, the vice president of the United States. Uh, Is she back home now? She's back home. She slept in her own bed last night. Okay. Avoided the border. Avoided the border. Okay.
2: Uh, However. But she did did run for the border. She had Taco Bell, so she did run for the border. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Explain that. Well, well, run for the border I thought it was, was, funny.
2: was the Taco Bell. I got it. You know, uh, yeah, advertising slogan
1: with the little Chihuahua. Yeah, run for the border.
2: So uh, she had Taco Bell. So she probably considers the her, hey, I, her job t- is done. I've told
1: this joke before. It's really not a joke. It's, it really happened. But uh, then we got some guests. I want to. We want to talk to. We don't her in want studio. to ignore any longer. No, that's right. <laughs> but I've told this before. But if you've heard it before, pretend like you haven't. I will. That's what. As you get older. Do things. <laughs> it's true. do things like that <laughs> anyway so this is i don't know 15 years ago son wesley my son one of my sons was in high school and he had his own truck and he was like 16 years old he got through with football practice and he and he and me, me and his mom or his mom and i i guess i should say oh, uh, we're talking to him like in the parking lot of walmart or whatever uh, and they said hey you want to go eat let's go eat dinner and he goes well, where are y'all going and we said we're going to the mexican place down here and you want to join us he said no nah, i really just don't i don't feel like mexican food tonight he said he said uh we said okay he said i think i'm gonna go on home and i'm just gonna so where are you you're gonna he said i think i'm just gonna stop by taco bell <laughs> on the way home You <laughs> get me some huh <laughs> And he didn't see the irony of that. <laughs> they 16, didn't feel like to, a 16-year-old doesn't get all <laughs> the Taco Bell. Doesn't, he didn't think a Taco Bell is Mexican. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and that's that's really what's going on in our country among our youth right oh, now. Oh yeah. It's it's a, it's a, a sad, downfall of western it's civilization, a sad state. Yeah. It's an example it is. of that. Okay. Well, uh, you're listening to today's issues on American Family Radio. Should you want to send us an email, you can go to comments at AFR.net, comments at AFR.net. Well, each afternoon at 420 Central Time on American Family Radio, you hear a program called Hope for the Home. And I wanted to hear one of those, and then we're going to come back and talk to Jerry and Becky Drace, the folks you're about to hear. Here's a moment of Hope
0: for Your Home with Jerry and Becky Drace. Have you ever
7: heard this? Who are you to judge me? Will you listen to Matthew chapter 7, verse
6: 5? A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, neither can a bad tree bear good fruit. We make judgments every day. Teach your children what Jesus said about judging others. He didn't say not to judge, but he did say by their fruit you shall know them. You
7: know, to make accurate judgments about others, you must first check your own fruit. So ask yourself this question, am I bearing good fruit or bad fruit? Does my life add up to what I say I believe? How do I treat
6: others? What kind of words do I use? And am I respectful and honest? Teach your children to bear good fruit for Jesus. Remember, an apple tree doesn't bear bananas, nor does a peach tree bear avocados. Learn more at
0: HopeForTheHome.org. This has been a moment of hope for your home.
1: Well, that was uh, Jerry and Becky Drace. And- that is a, a moment of inspiration each afternoon here on American Family Radio. Hope for the home. And they're joining us in studio. Good morning, Becky. Good morning. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, buddy. That's the first That's time you've heard us, isn't it? Huh? That's the first time you've heard us, isn't it? Uh, no, I've heard a few of them. Good. But I, I can't listen at 420 every day because mm. people are knocking on my door for mm. <laughs> me to do something for Wanting them. A raise, yeah, you? Yeah. <laughs> get that a lot, too. Uh, anyway, thanks for being in studio with us today it's good to be here now uh becky you guys live in jackson tennessee right We
6: live in jackson tennessee
1: which is about two hours or so from our studios here and actually
6: that was our first connection with afr because of the radio station that was there for a
1: while WAM. hmm anyway yes i've forgotten what what our call letters are there now we only got 182 radio stations mm-hmm. hard to keep up with all the call letters uh i want to ask you uh uh jerry You are a pastor now, but you, um, in addition to being a pastor for a few years, you were also a a Southern Baptist evangelist, right? Thirty-eight years. Now, what does that mean? I have no idea. (laughs) It's all a blur to you. (laughs) Was that a was? Were you an evangelist that traveled and did revivals? Is that what you did? I had a team. When I say I had a great music team,
7: a husband and wife team named Ken and Lois Holland. They He's now the worship leader at First Baptist Cabot, Arkansas. But that's what we did. We traveled from church to church, you know, just like most evangelists would do, and then we'd do area-wide crusades.
1: Oh, you did crusades in addition to church?
7: Sure. Did quite a few of those. But it all changed in 1995 when I wrote a lot of pastors, as I said this morning in in the Devotion. I wrote a bunch of pastors and asked them what was their greatest need as a pastor. And when the answers came back... was the number one answer was, how do we minister to our families? Then Beck and I began to offer what's called hope for the home. I had just finished doing...
1: In response to what pastors saying to you, a lot of pastors and their wives saying that... How do they minister? Well,
7: I come to find out they were actually talking about themselves, but they were basically initially saying, how do we minister to the families in our church? And as we begin to develop hope for the home, we begin to realize that sometimes those who needed the most... Were the pastors and the staff because of their isolation and the way that, you know, your, your preacher's kid, the way they were kind of put in a box at times. So we developed this weekend program and it just took off. Um, Hope
1: took, for the Home, a radio show you're talking about, a radio yeah. program.
7: Well, with Hope for the Home, now I'm talking about the conferences going
6: oh, through the, the church. Oh, the conferences, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that came first before the radio program. Yeah.
1: yeah. Now, where can people go to find out more information about this? Mm-hmm. Hope for the, the Home. home. Yeah. Hopeforthehome.org?
6: Mm-hmm. That's the website.
1: Hope for the home. Dot. Did you know that, mm-hmm. Jerry? I didn't
6: know that. Yeah, you were going to say <laughs> calm, weren't <laughs> you? Uh, did you ever go to your own website, no. Jerry? See it. how it back, came back to you real don't quick, did I do my it? phone number. <laughs> yeah. Going after how
1: me while I go. I am, yes. I am Ask me if I ever heard the show. Um, trying to embarrass me on live national radio. It didn't work well, Do you like did popcorn? It? I do like popcorn, and I'll heat it during our interview here. But I silenced my microphone. What? I'll be talking like and I want to eat my popcorn, <laughs> that's what I do right there. That's what the cough. little yellow button's for. What's this Home Hopeforthehome.org, hopeforthehome.org. Now, Becky, let me ask you this. Um, mm-hmm. What did you, you guys, you did the uh, traveling, speaking, evangelism revivals, crusades, and so forth and so on in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s even. Uh, what about? Uh, what did I do? Well, when, when what did you discover with this uh with this, what Jerry was talking about, when you when you begin to get cards and letters and phone calls from pastors and pastors' wives.
6: Well, I, you know, that was my main ministry, I guess. I was basically with the ministry at home because we had children at home at that time. But it right. even goes back further than that. I think from the first time I ever heard Jerry speak, I was 16 years old, and I knew then that God had a calling on his life, I think even before he had accepted a call on his life. And so as the time went on, then... We were, in, we were in pastoral you know youth ministry. We thought the Lord was going to lead us through into youth ministry and then eventually pastoral ministry. And then through that process, Jerry began to have a burden toward evangelism. And so he came to me one day and he said, "You know, I really feel like God is calling us into full-time evangelism. And I just went, oh, really, okay, because I knew what that meant for the future. And so Jerry said, look, I'm going to give you plenty of time to pray about this because we are partners. And so I began to – it took me a year, really, for the Lord to actually burden my heart to the point to where I was willing to surrender – not just to Jerry's call, but to what God would have me to do. Because I was well, what, was, what was
1: scary about it?
6: Well, just the fact that I knew in evangelism he'd be gone. We didn't even okay. have children for eight more years after that. But I knew that eventually it meant that he would be gone from home, maybe for extended periods of time. Okay. And, you know, then where would that leave me? Would I be at home? Would I be on the road with him? It was just a big questioning for me as far as the, what God would use me to do. And so through all that developed then as the children came along, I was – you know, shared with Bert on the air a little while ago that I began to say, okay, Lord, he's out on the road. I'm here with the children. What is my ministry? And the Lord very clearly showed me that my ministry was home. My mission place was my home. Mm -hmm. And so we began to just develop that at home while he was on the road. And one thing we would do as a family is every evening, we always have done this, we pray together as a family at night. And so the children and I would take a map, And we would open the map up, and we would pinpoint where our daddy was. And then we would lay our hands on that map, and we would pray over the boys and girls and moms and dads that were hearing the gospel and being with our daddy speaking. And it gave our children a broader scope of not, well, our daddy's on the road and he's gone. It gave them a broader scope of his calling and then what we could do to be a support role for him on the road. Amen. So it goes, you know, way back. I
1: want to ask you this, Jerry. 38 years you you did the traveling... Okay, I, I, want, I want two or three of your craziest stories. Uh, huh? And and while you're thinking of that, because that, our, our, our funniest stories, there's some stuff that happened to you. Maybe a lot of stuff you can't share on the radio, probably, right? Yep. Huh? And while we're
2: giving you a chance to, to think about that, uh, let me remind folks who are listening, hopeforthehome.org is the website. And I have to say, by looking at the uh, website here, some of these older pictures. <laughs> uh, Becky, you haven't
1: changed a bit. Okay. But now, What's your but next now question? Jerry.
2: Jerry, oh, you, you
1: you have really Jerry, this is dishonest, Jerry. <laughs> you, what you this have, is.
7: Would you pass the popcorn, please? Yes,
1: <laughs> really. Jerry, Jerry's using pictures on his website from '77. It's so <laughs> gotten old, Jerry. It from,
6: You shouldn't disclose this because on radio. Well, of course we are on the internet, I guess, but on yeah. radio you can't see. Yeah. I gotta go to the bathroom. Yeah. I'll be right
2: back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So you've had plenty of time yeah. now to think. Yeah. Okay. So.
6: okay. Give us one
1: or two stories. Something, something happened. Well, that, something's was, happened that you remember well that was funny or something. One like. was when I met Tim Laubon for the first time. I just, <laughs> I yeah, I could not believe yeah. it. Um, I get that a lot. Funniest stories. Yeah. Uh, something I, happened to you. Uh, or just something that You don't even out. have to mention the the pastor by name. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just uh, you Okay, all right. Words. It
2: can be something spiritual. If you have to go if you have to go there.
1: <laughs> okay, here, here's a good one. This happened after Wait a minute, I got another alert from the National Weather Weather Service, What? You're telling huh? us that it's raining. No, flash flooding now.
6: Yeah.
1: In here? The end of the world. Not,
2: not in here. Oh, it's in, like in every office. hour
1: we get a thing about flash flooding or tornadoes. Let's but go, go to, ahead. Let's go to Kentucky where the arc is. Okay. <laughs> hey, good, <laughs> good point. All right. All right. Tell me
7: My tell story me was uh, I was with this dear pastor in a great church, and uh, he was about to retire, and uh, he said he remembered in every church there's always somebody who always wants to kind of cause a little bit of problems. And he said that uh, the day after he was retiring, he was cleaning out his desk, and like at the great church, and he said I was walking out to my car carrying my, my books, and said I look up and here comes, this- uh, kind of like the Jezebel <laughs> of the church, <laughs> <laughs> and so, said said she's walking right toward me, and he said I just kind of dropped my head and walked by her, didn't say a word. And so she got about ten feet from me, and she said, Doctor, last name was, you didn't speak to me this morning. Why didn't you? He said, ma'am? I'm no longer the pastor, and I don't give a. And so he just started <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like I knew him. He said, I said, "You say that to her." He said, "I said that to her, like Rhett Butler, gone with the wind, you know." Yeah, yeah. And he said, yeah. "I had put up with her for 25 years, and
1: today I just." <laughs> I, he had I one think, bad word yes! he had to get out. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> he got it. Even if he
7: had to repent immediately, <laughs> I don't. I don't think he repented. I, I don't <laughs> <know> <laughs> think <laughs> but I'll never forget that story because okay. he was. God like, wouldn't have believed okay, him. Okay, I he'd have one. one okay, no, go ahead. I Nikki. have one. Go ahead. When
6: Jerry was traveling, of because you know, like I said, our home was always our mission outpost and no matter who was there at 10 o'clock at night you know I would always go and I'd say look we're going to have family prayer time you're invited to come or not well this one weekend night like on a Friday night Jerry was flying in and we didn't expect him but anyway Drew and Becca were home from college and so they had a bunch of their buddies they went to Union which is just down the road from us and so they had a bunch of their buddies in and so 10 o'clock I said hey guys you know Drew Becca we're going to go have our prayer time now you can excuse yourself or hey guys you can join us if you want to well, we had 18 college students there that night. And so <laughs> I'm in the bed, and Drew and Becker, you know, they're kind of around the bed or whatever. And so, you know, Jerry comes in. They didn't know he was coming in, and so he's kind of standing at the back, and he go, he, later he goes, I didn't know I'd been gone that long. <laughs> <laughs> you, you hear all about
7: the bad story? But what happened
6: was, <laughs> you know, he came in and he said, hey, this is great. He said, we always have our family prayer time. Is there something, guys, we can pray for you about? And every, every one of them, like, they dropped them. their head. And so then Jerry said, oh, come on now. I know this must be something that some of you guys have we we can pray for you about. And one young man said, this week I found out my parents are going through divorce. And from then on, all around, people, you know, the kids would have something.
7: We had a better better revival in our bedroom that night with those kids than where I had just come from. They got Mm. really honest with God. That's
6: why I've always said, never underestimate the power of what God can do within your home.
1: Yes. Amen. Well, listen, Jerry and Becky's race have been with us the last few minutes. Well, God bless you and your ministry. Thank Call you, Hope for the Home. We encourage people to go to hopeforthehome.org. Do you still go to churches as a couple and speak?
6: We still uh, go to church every
1: week. Well, you are a pastor now yes. of your own church. Yes,
6: Friendship uh,
7: Baptist Church right outside of Jackson, Tennessee. Friendship, Tennessee. But, yes, we still go. Our church was so sweet, Tim. When they called us they Said, we know exactly what you do, we know you're gone about 20 Sundays a year in conferences, and you can continue to do that as long as you get somebody who will preach the word to us when you're gone. Wow! Yeah. And I said to them, No, you can't be a pastor and big be- neglect your sheep. I said, If, I- if I'm going to be a pastor, I'm going to pastor you folks, I'm not going to just go off and so right. Long story, we cut way back because you can't pastor people from a distance, yeah. so <clears throat> They, they give me that that privilege to do that, and I'm, so we have to be very selective where we go, but sure, we still yeah. go to churches and do hope for the
1: home. Thank you, guys.
6: Thank you. Thanks for having us. Appreciate you being Appreciate in. Appreciate all
7: of you
1: men. Yeah, I know faces too nice. <laughs> yes. Jerry and Becky, sorry about that.
6: Uh,
1: sorry. <laughs> Some faces you can't forget. Yeah, no, I know. They haunt you for yeah. forever.
2: For a long time.
1: Just a countenance of disappointment on the look in <laughs> Becky's face when she comes into the studio. She said, oh, now i got to put uh, those faces yeah, with those okay. <laughs> Uh All right. Uh, uh, back to the program. Thank you guys for coming by. Safe travel home have. to Jackson, Tennessee. And be careful. Yes. All right, Fred, next story.
0: Well, in about a week's time, thousands, 12,000, 13, 14,000, close to it. Southern Baptists are going to be gathering in Nashville, Tennessee for their annual meeting. Now, you will remember last year they didn't hold it because of the pandemic, so it's been 2019. But they are going, and the reason there are so many, this is the largest crowd of messengers since, I think, 1995.
1: That's what they call those who attend?
0: Rather than delegates, they call call them them messengers. Okay. And uh, a lot of it has to do with the controversy uh, and one of the pivotal points of the controversy is Dr. Russell Moore, who, in the last ten days or so, stepped down has the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. I love that head.
1: guy. I do. Huh? Knowing <laughs> brotherly love, I do. Ed, why are you laughing?
2: Uh, I, I just love... thought of something funny. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. Go Nothing ahead, to do Ed. with what you just said. He
1: he
0: stepped down. He has been a point of controversy. Uh, he is. During his tenure there, eight or nine years, uh, and most recent, the last couple of years, critical of President Trump, critical of Trump supporters. That's just one thing.
2: Critical of talk radio. He's critical of us. Yes,
0: critical of Christian talk radio. Uh, He is, uh, some would say, an open borders guy. He was critical of President Trump on that front. And so, uh, for the most part, just to kind of sum up, he um, was a— The way people described him is he was was one of those taking the Southern Baptist Convention into wokeness, to use that term.
1: Yes, and he was doing so with pride.
0: And he was doing so with pride. He resigned uh, about 10 days ago. He's now going to work for the publication Christianity Today. I understand he has joined another church in the Nashville area, not a Southern Baptist church. A couple of days after— So what's the
1: problem? Why— What's the problem now, then, since he's left?
0: Well, the problem is, uh, a couple of days after he left, a letter that he wrote about 14 months ago to the trustees of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, in that letter that mysteriously got released just days after he announced his resignation, he tore apart segments of the Southern Baptist Church. He said there wasn't enough solid reaction to allegations about sexual abuse in Southern Baptist churches. He also basically indicated there are still racists, uh, there's a problem with racism, white supremacy in the Southern Baptist church. And then just a couple of days ago, on May 31st, he wrote a letter to the president of the Southern Baptist Convention, J.D. Greer, where he started to name people that he didn't like. And one of the names that he... Named, apparently, in this second letter was Mike Stone. Now, Mike Stone is the pastor of Emanuel Baptist Church in Blackshire, Georgia. He is a candidate to be the next president of the Southern Baptist Convention. But also, he chaired a committee that investigated what was going on with the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission...
1: (laughs) For those who aren't Baptist okay, or those who don't follow this closely, I, I just want to set this up real quickly because people, people need to understand because they're going, man, y'all are getting really inside baseball with the SBC here. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's the Southern Baptist Convention. As a part, as an arm of that, is a something called the uh, Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. Correct. They basically are the uh, activist. They're the educational and activist arm of the Southern Baptist Convention on moral issues,
3: mm-hmm.
1: life, liberty, religious freedom, all those things. Dr. Richard Land used to hit him up. We worked with him all the time. Great guy. They were doing great work. Along comes Dr. Russell Moore 10 years ago or so, and he won't even return my phone calls because he didn't want to work with Wildman, mm-hmm. our American Family Association. This is a guy with the Southern Baptist Convention. Yes. Tony Perkins told me the same thing. I won't. guy won't talk to me. So here's the guy representing the Southern Baptist Convention on issues that AFA works on, FRC works on, and so forth. And he won't even he won't even I called him twice. He wouldn't even call me back. His secretary gave me some lame excuse. We
2: we offered to go when he was available, and we would drive up to Nashville. Yeah, our own time. So
1: and then he goes on and criticizes Christian radio. uh, Criticizes he's a never trumper. I mean, uh, on a a host of issues, he's pushing. uh, the, the, the white people are racist all the time garbage i mean i've simplified that here and there but uh, what he was do what he was doing the reason his name kept being a flashpoint is here's a guy getting 3 to 4 million dollars to run an agency every year from people who tithe in southern baptist churches and he's he's basically fighting against the things that those people who write him checks believe in
0: that's right. You see what right. I'm saying? Yeah. Yes.
1: So that's the whole controversy, and it's, it became a big one, a big stink inside the Southern Baptist Convention.
0: And and what happened was, people, churches, individual Southern Baptist churches began to respond by holding withholding funds. <coughs> yes.
1: From yes.
0: From, the, from the pot of money that funds and, missions and and, and funds the ERLC. Doctor
1: Moore didn't like the fact that he was being held to account. Yes. Oh, uh, he didn't like being investigated. Yes. Uh, by the by the church. So what's happened is that's been a a source of controversy. Now, he left. Russell Moore left. Yes. Left the denomination evidently now and has gotten a new job.
0: However, there are are, are a large number.
1: He's uh, fired some parting shots, right? He's fired
0: some parting shots. There is no question a division in the Southern Baptist Convention. I was filling in for Sandy Rios this morning. I had a conversation with Pastor Mike Stone. Uh, because he was part of the committee that investigated the ERLC. And I said, regardless of what happens next week, do you believe there will eventually be a split in the Southern Baptist Convention? In other words, a group will leave, a group will stay. And this was his response.
4: I do not use the word split, but I've been asked this question many times. I do think that we are headed for at least a very significant splintering because Southern Baptists, we are actually a cooperating network of independent and autonomous Southern Baptist churches. There's no pew tax. There are no membership dues. So Southern Baptist churches can vote with their feet and they vote with their pocketbook. We actually see a great divide coming in the Southern Baptist Convention. I think it is in many ways a fulfillment of a question that Amos asked centuries ago. How can two walk together unless they be in agreement? And Southern Baptists have just so many fault lines in front of us today.
0: All right, so there you have it. One other issue that has, and this goes back to the convention in 2019, Resolution 9. We've talked about it uh, on the air many times. Resolution 9, 2019, in the original writing, was uh, the Southern Baptist Convention should speak out against critical race theory. But by the time the platform at that convention got through with that resolution, they twisted it all around, and then the resolution read, it's a useful tool, critical race theory. Well, things have blown Who's up. behind this.
1: that? I. Doctor Russell Moore. Uh, it was. It was the committee. It, it was, was, the com- was the committee.
2: the committee. That, and it was shocking to a lot of people, including people on the on the committee, because they were given the committee was given the opportunity to reject the initial resolution yes. and draft an alternative, but instead they. They twisted the original one. A twisted is a bad word. That that implies uh, sinister motives. Kind of cackle. But yeah, yes, so, but they changed the resolution so much that it actually wound up saying what the original presenter of the resolution did not want the resolution to say. It, it was that was controversial just for that reason.
0: Yes. So we're heading into a Southern Baptist Convention in Nashville next week with a convention. That's deeply divided. Mike Stone is one of the candidates, a seminary president, Southern Seminary President. Dr. Albert Moeller is another one of the presidential candidates. It is going to be a very interesting convention, but I think as Pastor Stone has said, um, they'll get some things resolved, but I'm sure there's going to be factions that will leave. Well, you know, the United Methodist
2: Church just split up. Yes. Well, but, you know, Beth Moore left the Southern Baptist a few, uh, weeks ago, yeah. few, a few weeks ago because she doesn't believe it's headed in the right direction so to pastor mike stone's point two people can't walk together unless they're in agreement and it looks like there's at least a portion of baptists who do not agree with the concern. all right we got to
1: take a break right here we'll be back with more of today's issues on american family radio stay with us